0: This is the Enthusiasts Guild, a place for conversations about wonderful and interesting things with the people who enjoy them. I'm Fletcher C. Finch, and my guests today are Lynn and Greg Engel. Hi there. Hey. Can you tell me a little bit about yourselves?
1: Uh, Should we start with you, Greg?
0: I'm married to Lynn.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's a good start. Father
2: of four daughters, and I'm president of the buffalo dortmund Sister City Committee.
1: All right. And I'm married to Greg. We have four daughters, and I am the program director of the Buffalo-Dortmund Student Ambassador Program.
2: How
0: did the sister city connection between Buffalo and Dortmund begin?
2: The relationship began in 1972 by a professor from Dortmund, Herbert Morgenroth, who came to teach at UB through an exchange program through the Carl Duisberg Society. And at that time, while he was here in Buffalo, he saw the similarities between the two cities, Dortmund and Buffalo at the time, were big steel producers and thought that there could be something they could do as partners or what they call twinning in Germany, or as we call here, sister cities. And that was 72, and it didn't officially come on board until 77 or 78.
0: What was involved in getting that sister city program going?
2: Buffalo actually has a Consulate office through the German embassy in Buffalo. So we have an honorary consul. And it was Dr. Bricks Barrel. And she, along with a few other people in the city working with Mr. Morgan Rote, started bridging the idea, brokering the idea between the two cities as a possibility. And um, at that time, I believe it was Makowski, who's the mayor of Buffalo. And he came on board, thought it was a great idea. And Dortmund was a little concerned because of the distance. Mm. They normally have sister cities in Europe. And I think this was something new to them to have someone so far away. They were concerned how it was going to work out. And so some delegations went back and forth between 1974 and 1975. And that's how they made that connection. The official agreement, uh, as I said, uh, between the Common Council of Buffalo and the uh, office in Dortmund was about 1977, 1978. And this program in the U.S. falls under what's called Sister Cities International, which was created in the 1950s by Dwight D. Eisenhower.
0: Really?
1: Yeah, after World War II.
0: Now, Buffalo uh, has several sister cities, correct? About 16. Wow.
2: 16 sister cities. Buffalo, Dortmund is one, Kanazawa, Japan. We have two in Italy, two in Ukraine, down to the Caribbean. They're all over the place. And we just established one in 2012 recently. That's the most recent one in South Korea.
0: And what drew both of you to become involved with the sister cities program generally And the Buffalo Dortmund program in particular.
1: That goes back a few years, quite a few (laughs) years. (laughs) Back in high school, if you took German, you got an invitation to actually go to Dortmund for a month-long program and to stay in Dortmund, learn German, or get your German... Verbessen. I'm speaking German now, right? Uh, (laughs) To improve your German, and then you would stay with a family, a host family, over in Dortmund, and they would come back and stay for four weeks here in Buffalo. So I took German because my sisters—weird story. My sisters both took French. My girlfriend took Spanish, and I would. Be damned if i was going to take anything that they were doing so i took german fell in love with it and then took part in the buffalo dortmund sister city exchange program in 19 something something <laughs> it was run; it came out of canisius uh college mm-hmm. so that was dr jim McGoldrick, who unfortunately passed away about a month ago um, he ran the program at the time and so i went and it was a life-changing Experience for me. It was my first time in Europe. It was my first time really on an airplane when I think about it It literally changed my world These people I met the urgency for me to learn what they were saying to understand What was being said to me because I had only had maybe three four years of German at the time Mm -hmm. and uh, So we went to classes every day and in order to get around I had to speak to people there were no cell phones there were no computers. I had to figure things out on my own. And then after my experience, I would come back and I had the person who I stayed with. Bettina was her name. She stayed with us for a few weeks. That was kind of how I got into this whole thing. And your experience, Greg, was... Along
2: the same lines, I took German in high school. I was actually on the same program one year after Lynn. Wow. Wow. And <laughs> I had a wonderful experience with my host family of four boys. And in fact, we hosted the the, the twins, Marcus and Andreas Herlinghaus, the year I was there. In fact, we were the first family to ever have twins, I guess, in the program. I'm not sure if there's been twins ever since, but they had two other brothers who actually came back to our house uh, a few years later because my brother and my sister were on the same program. And since then, in 1982, this is my this would be my 40th year anniversary of my first trip over on similarities with Lynn, and um, we're still in constant contact with my host parents. Well, uh, host mom uh, Walter passed away last year. Gisela is still there, and the boys were still active, and it's it's been a big family event. It's been one of those bonds that, on an international level, uh, at this, it's rare. It's very rare.
1: So, so if you fast forward now, Greg and I met. I, on a blind date, I called him. My sister knew he had something to do with Germany. And I had mentioned to him, you know, uh, I'd lived in Germany for many years. And he said, well, I did too. I lived in Dortmund. I said, well, I did an exchange program in Dortmund. And he goes, I did too. <laughs> and so he did say yes to the blind date. And we have subsequently been married. How many years now? I don't remember.
2: We're some. 28 years oh, this year. Wow. Well. Wow. Congratulations.
1: So, thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So during that time, we've had four daughters. And at one point we were both kind of talking, whatever happened to the program? Where did this, is the Buffalo Dortmund program still alive? We really had lost contact with everything about, you know, the the goings on of the program. We looked into it and found out it was still going in a smaller capacity at St. Joe's Collegiate Institute. And so they were still sending students back and forth uh, in a different type of way. They went for three weeks, one year, the, the Americans would go over and then the Germans would come back for three weeks. They also had a high school program where German students would come and spend four months here at St. Joe's and go to school with the other kids. So we inquired, we decided, why don't we join the committee Mm-hmm. and see what we can do to help out because it really did change both our lives we met because of it let's see where we can take it from there
0: and it sounds like it's really a grassroots sort of citizen based program it's not about it just the kind of civic connections it's about the people and the culture
2: that's really where it goes because it's not a politician or political type of group or or i mean sister cities Interla- international is based on citizen diplomacy So politics aside, we still want to have open lines of communication. I mean, a good example right now is what's going on between Russia and Ukraine. Unfortunately, what's going on there is bad. And, you know, the Buffalo-Dorban committee, along with the other sister cities, still stand with Ukraine and the two sister cities of Ukraine. But in April of this year, the city of Buffalo suspended its sister city relationship with Tver in Russia which I didn't agree with, nor does Sister City International agree with either. They came out with an official statement as well, because once you sever those lines of communication, then really, what is it all about at that point? Politics and policy, they can play out the way they do, but the act of citizen
0: diplomacy is where and what we're all about. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me about some of the other activities that connect the two cities? Within the last
2: seven or eight years since we've been on board, we were just trying to get a feel for where this program has gone and what we've heard and what we've seen. There really hasn't been much interaction like we've seen, but with, there's an annual festival called Dortmund. It's an annual cultural festival that they have, but they also tie it to all the sister cities. So there's always an invitation each year to all the sister cities that Dortmund has to come come together and, and see what Dortmund's all about and to reaffirm our sister city partnerships. And I actually went in 2019 with a delegation from Buffalo. The, the invitations first go to the mayor of Buffalo, Byron Brown, who's always been invited, but for whatever reason, he's, he doesn't travel or doesn't travel internationally. So that, that falls on our committee. And in 2018, to reaffirm our sister city relationship, a delegation of over 40 people came from Dortmund, including the Oberbürgermeister Ciro and his group.
1: Oberbürgermeister means Lord Mayor.
2: Lord Mayor. The
1: Lord Mayor of Dortmund came in 2018 for the 40 years.
2: So reaffirming the original partnership agreement, and they re-signed it to continue that partnership. They're trying to develop new inroads to find different levels of maybe economic interest because they're still, they're growing like buffalo's growing. Buffalo's Mm -hmm. on this big renaissance as well as Dortmund. Their former steel plant is now called the Phoenix Zay or Phoenix Sea or Lake. They redeveloped that entire property to a, a giant lake where you can use sailboats on it and fish and they have a community that's built around it. Maybe one day that happens to the steel plant in Buffalo. I, I I don't know, but there's a lot to learn from one another, and they're on more of a science and technology, uh, technology track, like Buffalo is as well. So they've gotten out of the Rust Belt, like Buffalo has, and is kind of they're kind of becoming you know
0: someone new, a new identity. And Lynn, can you tell me a little bit about what the student programs look like now?
1: The student programs now we're going to talk pre-pandemic post-pandemic i'm not sure this year we have 15 students who will be going to high schools they're going to private high schools in buffalo so they will be at canisius high school st joe's mount st mary's narden academy and we have one girl going to buffalo seminary so they will be coming in they stay for four months this is not an exchange program Mm -hmm. as you will, because they're only, that's one-sided, really. And they stay till December and they go to classes just like all the other students. They stay with host families. Most of the host families have counterparts in their homes. So they have a son or daughter going to one of these institutions. So they can live a sort of typical American life in Buffalo and learn things. We do a bunch of different activities, Niagara Falls, of course. We go to Letchworth, to go rafting, Ellicottville, ropes course. So we do various activities with the kids throughout the the four months that they're here. So that's one of the programs we run. The other program, which has kind of had to be on the back burner because of COVID, is our summer program. And that is open to anybody in Western New York, any high school student freshman to senior they can do this and it's a three and a half week trip to Dortmund and they stay at home with another student around their age we go to Berlin we go to Amsterdam but they get to know what it's like to just be a Dortmund kid Mm -hmm. you know they go and they do regular old they go to the park and hang out and play soccer or whatever a normal kid would do during the summer and get to know what it's like just to be living in a different country and then the following year, we have the Dortmund students come in the summer and stay with these same kids for three and a half weeks to experience a little summer here. So that's not quite an academic program, our mm-hmm. summer program. That's more of a get to know who you are. So that's that's the current It's more of a
0: cultural immersion?
1: Cultural, fun, learning what it's like to live in a family atmosphere. What foods do they eat? How do you flush the toilet? What kind of, how do I get on a bus? Transportation in Dortmund is totally different than the transportation here in in Buffalo. So these our American kids learn how to get around a city on a bus where maybe they're not used to that. They live in the suburbs, you know, they don't know how to do that. And our German kids come over and they learn how to, not to get around and, oh my God, I need mom or dad to drive me somewhere. So they're learning all that different kind of a culture, you know? So we get our kids to the Bills games, get to the fair. We have a lot of fun that way so that they kind of see what Buffalo is like and in Dortmund do the same thing. Yeah.
0: Excellent. How are Buffalo and Dortmund similar?
2: Well, population-wise, uh, I think Dortmund has a little bit higher population than Buffalo does. You know, as we all know, Buffalo is a lot lower because of our large suburbs. In fact, some of them are bigger than the city of Buffalo. Through the areas of education, interest in science, and the just getting out of the Rust Belt theme, I think that's that's where the two find their similarities. Dortmund wishes they had a big lake. I mean, that was one of their, their biggest things was look at the size of that body of water and the sunsets and we just have this little lake (laughs) (laughs) around Dortmund they do have they do have water that goes through the city um in some ports
1: yeah however they do have a harbor they do they do have a harbor as does Buffalo of course and we have silos here grain silos that we've used for years and are now being refurbished to uh, condos and uh, breweries and what have you, as is in Dortmund. So their harbors are also changing Mm -hmm. to more contemporary settings to... I was just there in March uh, and I took a tour down at the harbor and they're they're setting up condominiums and bars and, and all kinds of places for people to go. Buffalo and Dortmund, both came from blue collar steel mills and so during world war ii in dortmund of course most of dortmund was destroyed because they were a center of coal and steel manufacture obviously buffalo was not destroyed at that time but they both were on that same manufacturing line after world war ii both Buffalo and Dortmund saw a decline in the steel mills. Mm-hmm. Almost at the same time, really. Just about, correct. yeah, Yeah, so they were starting to dismantle what they had. Uh, Greg mentioned the Phoenix Sea, which is the Phoenix Lake, uh, which was a steel mill that was actually taken apart by a Chinese manufacturer and put back together piece by piece, bolt by bolt, in China. Oh, wow. Yeah, they bought it sold it took it you know so now it is a lake and around this whole lake is our beautiful condominiums beautiful homes uh, restaurants and things that you can walk around and i see the similarities with canal side what we're doing down there with silo city now building things right on the lake right on the water to bring people in bring the tourists in so there's a lot of similarities that way also the technology it things the medical corridor they're doing the same type thing in Dortmund. So we have a lot of similarities, which, you know, back in 1974 when Herbert Morgenroth saw this, he didn't see this future, but somehow it did follow.
0: It did. It yeah. did.
1: Yeah. Came to pass, as it were.
0: And what do you see as some of the important differences between the cities?
2: I think the biggest one for us is the cultural funding. I think that sticks out the most to all of us. So the Buffalo-Dortman Sister City program was at one point in the early days part of uh, the city of Buffalo. It was a budget line item within City Hall. I don't know the actual time when um, that office was then just taken apart and dismantled, but the committee still stayed together. But we are a non-for-profit organization, so we don't receive any funding from the city, the county, or New York State. We solely uh, rely on donations or fundraisers, and then that money goes towards the program for the Buffalo Student Ambassador Program to help defray costs if needed. And we have, uh, at times, um, before the pandemic, had what we called the Halfway to Oktoberfest that we'd hold at Flying Bison with Tim Herzog, who's been a great supporter of us over the years, and hope to revive that again next year. That's one big difference uh, is where the programs that come from Germany to the US, they really support the cultural funding in that aspect where uh, here they don't in New York state.
1: Yeah, when I talk to people I work with in Germany, it's called the Auslandsgesellschaft. It's kind of like the international institute. And they're always surprised that we have no funding here, no arts funding, no cultural funding to help us make these programs bigger and better. We're in Germany, they do have that. It's it's a mainstay in not only Dortmund, but in Germany, you know, getting the cultural funding. So that's that's a big difference. Yeah. 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 And it's besides that the sh- language. I mean well, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another thing. Sure.
2: Yeah, and the quality of beer, I would say, is, is a lot different. And maybe the food. <laughs> and you know, some of the food, maybe. Yeah. But uh, I think that's the biggest one that stands out for us. Because when we started with the program, we were just kind of dismayed at the fact that there isn't any, any help or support There really, really wasn't the interest like it used to
0: have. And now I, I know we've talked a little bit about why it's important to share this, these sort of cultural ties. Personally, what are some of the reasons that you enjoy sharing, you know, German culture or sharing this sort of international experience with others?
1: I not only love the language, but, you know, when you do know a language, when you can communicate with somebody in their own tongue, you get in their head.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the more I could get into their heads, so to speak, quote unquote, you learn about the people. We have assumptions. We walk in, and say Germans. I don't, you know, depending on where you are in the timeline, my assumptions about Germans were bad, bad, bad. You get to know a person. You get to know a population. You get to know a culture by knowing that language. Germans seem to to be pretty cold people. That's kind of how I always saw them. But once you get to know them, once they say, you are my friend, you know, we have this concept of Z and do. Z is a formal you. Do is an informal you. There comes a time where you Z each other. So you're very formal. And at, at one point or another... Over a drink, you say, you know what? We're going to do it to each other. So we are going to be friends. Once that happens, friends for life. I can call any one of my friends at any time. The, I guess the word fast friend works here yeah. Right for life. They are compassionate, deep people. It takes a while to get to know them. But once you do, they're remarkable people. And I And I think that's part of what I like to do is, is these preconceptions of people, especially with my students or my kids going over and doing these exchange programs that they meet these people and realize, you know what? No, these, these people are like us. These are my friends. We want, we want to keep this going. We've had students who have gone to weddings with the, the kid who stayed with them five, seven years ago. We've got families going back and forth. And I think to understand that this is a small world, Hate to say it that way, but it is. It's a small world, and that we can be friends. We don't have to be enemies. It makes a huge difference. And I think that right there is why I do it. You know, that people can understand each other. We're all human and where we come from. And if we can do that between Buffalo and Germany, why can't we do that between Buffalo and Poland or Buffalo and China or wherever any of our sister cities are? Why not? You know, make it a smaller world.
0: I think it is funny some of what you were talking about, because I, in my limited interactions with people from Germany, I found that people from Germany can be very direct in, in their statements and in communicating what they want to happen. And that can come off as kind of brusque to an American or, or harsh. Whereas to people from Germany, we can seem very superficially friendly, but not As though we really care about it. As you say, the more time you spend with somebody, the more you can get past those surface level differences and and really get to communicate.
1: Yes. Yes, exactly. And, and, you know, even by learning another language and speaking German, I am more direct. In Mm -hmm. German, I am more direct than I would be in English. But that's the nature of it. Germans seem to just want to know, get get to the point. They don't beat around bushes. It's like, hey, you know, I just want to know, whatever. And they're not being rude, but uh, they are, they just want to know where Americans tend to be, at least in my experience, you know, they want to be nice, you want to be nice. You just don't want to mm, <laughs> make any waves.
2: One thing I like about the program, um, I mean, I had a different experience than what Lynn had in my first exchange program. And I found it really awakening, but I want that same feeling to be the same feeling that kids have when they go over for the first time, that they find something, something that awakens them, that they're not so focused on what's going on in their own backyard and home, that there's a bigger world beyond 716. Mm -hmm. and maintaining that relationship over time is is what some do or everybody who goes over every time we meet these students before they head there we remind them that they're they're student ambassadors that term ambassador is a big word and it carries some weight with them because they're actually representing where they come from and to portray it responsibly and 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 correctly in a way that might Engage other people to say, "Hey, I want to go where they're from and Mm -hmm. and check it out." And I think that's the real essence of why we do this—to create that that connection that continues after forty plus years.
1: So Greg did mention that I had a different experience. (laughs) I know your your head was going, huh? What? We were on the same program a year apart. He had a fantastic experience to the point where we go and stay with his host. His Prior host family, even today, I saw uh, Mrs. House in March. I was hanging out with her. Love her. My experience for the four-week program was not as good. The girl I stayed with, Bettina, and I did not get along at all. We were misfit. It, it just was not the right fit. And at the time, you basically wrote a letter about yourself. And I think I wrote that I was sewing because I loved to sew at the time. And this girl wrote she was sewing. She loved to sew at the time. But that was the only thing we had in common is that we sewed. That was it. She wanted to stay home all the time. She didn't want to do the program. And I was stuck at her house. And so I had to do something. And all my friends I knew were going out. So I had to learn relatively quickly in my really bad German at the time. You know, I was, what, 17? I had to learn how to use a phone. I had to learn how to find my friends. I had to learn how to get on that transportation by myself. For me, it was a huge learning experience, being very sheltered growing up in Chictawaga. I didn't have to do that. And I came out of it with a newfound respect for myself that I could do this, that I could learn German on the fly because I had to. Yeah. So I, I did mention before she came to stay with us for four weeks and she only stayed two. We found another host family for her because it just, didn't work out. And it I just to, wasn't a fit. Really. It was not a good fit and I found a job at the Erie County Fair I had to do. But our experience Greg and I were totally different, but I came out a new kid saying I real I know I can do it. I want to go back. It did not stop me from going back. It didn't make me think, "Oh, all Germans are horrible." It made me actually go, "This is super cool. I can do this." And I can speak to people and I met great people as well. We just didn't get along. We just were not the, the fit, you know, that's
0: all. And now if someone were interested in learning more about this program, how would they go about that?
2: So we have social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We don't have a website. We are listed under the City of Buffalo's Sister City page, so you can learn about all the other sister cities uh, that Buffalo has. Through the school programs that Lynn goes and visits, um, that's how this program is really developing.
1: So the schools are Canisius High School, St. Joe's, Collegiate Institute, Mount St. Mary's, Norton Academy, and Buffalo Seminary. So those are the schools that are participating, but for our summer program, It's any high schooler in Western New York from 14 to 18 that we take boys and girls. Yeah. Anybody who's interested, they do not need to know German. They just need to have an open mind and want to have some fun and maybe learn some German. We do. We do make sure that they do a scavenger hunt in German and learn a few things. We just want the excitement and the willingness to get on a plane and head over with us. It's all fully chaperoned. So they're not they're not on their own. So we take care of them.
0: Is there anything we haven't talked about that you think it's important for people to know?
1: Going forward, we want to expand our programming Mm -hmm. to adults. I am looking now into doing programming for Dortmund adults or over 18, over 19 to come to Buffalo and, and do tours. It started before COVID and then it kind of shut down. So Mm -hmm. now we're back revamping, saying what kind of tours you want to do, whether it be German breweries or educational programs throughout Western New York that the Dortmund adults would be interested in. So more of an educational thing. And we would also like to do the reverse. And Greg mentioned Dortmund. So we're talking about Dortmund. It's the name of the city, Dortmund. Bunt means color. So it's a, it's sort of like a plan where it's to be the colorful city. We would like to maybe bring Americans, Buffalonians over to Dortmund to see what their sister city is like and do some tours over there. So there are some, some other plans, not just for high school students, but to, to get more adults and more cultural exchanges as well.
0: Thank you both so much for your time. You're welcome. You're welcome. It was fun. It's been a pleasure talking to you. <laughs> Danke. Danke. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of The Enthusiasts Guild. Leave us a voicemail at 716-222-0828 to share comments, questions, and suggestions. You can subscribe and hear all our episodes through your podcast player of choice. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at The Enthusiasts Guild. On Twitter at Enthusiast Guild, no S or contact us at enthusiastskilled at gmail.com. Our theme music is by Nicholas Barkham.